Hello and welcome back to the State of the Fandom, the first and only furry podcast, and one that is about to experience very loud, thunderous sounds if you place that gallon of whatever tea that that is on the table. Um, (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, My name is Neil Fox, your president for life, democratically elected, of course. And with me, as always, is... Hello, hello! This is Link Labrador. Your vice president for life, democratically elected, and today's topic is Elon Musk. Is he good? Is he evil? Is he just the greatest supervillain of all time? Does he think he's an expert at foreign policy? Well, as we have discussed, um, it is a (coughs) mercy, a mercy that he was not born in the United States and therefore is not eligible to run for president. Yes, thank God. Uh, we have a small, small mercies, small mercies. Uh, we have that to thank for Arnold Schwarzenegger not being president either. Oh, uh, he was born in Austria. He was not born in America. Thank God. Yes, thank goodness. He could run for governor, but he cannot run for president. Fortunately, we just have the same group of fucking jackasses that we've always had to choose from. So, movie star? Or career politician, take your pick. Oof. Not a great option. No, not it. it's not. It's not. So, here's what I'm thinking as far as Elon. I think that there are several different factors at play. One is that, you know, as, as much as someone might um, appear from the outside to be, to be, uh, to be doing good... Uh, it is, from my point of view, impossible to accumulate that much wealth without trampling on other people's rights. For example, he has not allowed his factories to unionize. He has, um, uh, he has, uh, <coughs> excuse me, contributed in, um, oh, there's something about um, stock trading or Dogecoin trading or something a while back. Mm. It's been a while. Anyway. The point is, having that much wealth is obscene, and it should be legislated out of existence. You shouldn't have $200 billion. That's just so much more than any one person should have. Yes. And it's not that the economy and the, the people shouldn't reward good ideas and reward innovation, but to a point. (laughs) Well, I mean, you make a risky investment and then it pays off, and then you have billions of dollars. What the fuck are you supposed to do with it then? (laughs) Right. Not very many people have that kind of experience, but it's it's a challenging thing um, because there's so many different points of view on it. Yeah. Well, Elon got a start with PayPal. Mm-hmm. Created PayPal, turned around, sold it. Well, he so he came from a rich family, and that's part of how they were able to do PayPal in the first place, from what I understand. Well, yeah. He, again, he started... He still did it. Yeah, absolutely. Who cares if you came from a poor family? Who cares if you came from a rich family? Fair enough. Fair enough. If you come from a rich family... Uh, the circumstances are different. For if you start off at rich, 
then you're taught different values, you're taught mm. different methodologies. Mm. There's loads of poor families out there that are eternally going to stay poor because they keep doing the same fucking shit. They keep doing the same dumb things that don't progress them anywhere forward. Right. Well, and here's the thing. A lot of those things that... Come you down know, to education. Come down to knowing how to work the tax code. Knowing mm-hmm. how to save money on your taxes. Right. X, using X, Y, and Z. Using charitable donations. Mm-hmm. It's... The, the, the way to think of it is this. In a society where there's competition, mm-hmm. you're always going to have some people that, um, you know, have the right investment at the right time, <clears throat> all of this kind of, you know, unusual things. But well, there's more to it than just right time, right place. There's also knowing the right people, mm-hmm. networking with the right people, right. building a ecosystem around you mm-hmm. of like-minded individuals that you can grow together. You may start off poor. Take the black community, for example. The vast majority of them are poor because they generally don't network with each other. They generally don't pull their money with... They generally don't work with each other. That, That doesn't sound right to me. Well, it is. Because they have... the. Black community has come together in the past, and they created a small. I forget where the fuck it was, but uh, it was during the fifties and sixties. They pulled together their collective knowledge and became one of the wealthiest towns in the South. Okay. And then every and then the local white population came by and just firebombed everyone. Oh my God, that's terrible. So the vast uh, Jesus. Yes, wealthy communities of predominantly white people, generally stay wealthy because they're at the ice cream socials with each other. They're at the socials with each other. They're networking and working with each other. You see this in Maine all the time. Mm -hmm. Other communities don't have that same idea because they go talking about money. Is You can't talk about money. Well, that's not going to get you forward. Mm. You can't discuss... Some aspects of the American culture that go, you can't talk about this, you can't talk about that. Well, why not? Right. The, the thing is, is that, um, unfortunately, to, and, and to a greater and greater extent, uh, you know, over the past 50 years or so, people's choices have been constrained. So, you know, artificially constrained. Absolutely, absolutely. Which it's fictitious, it's a fictitious restraint of the mind where they're not allowing themselves to network with others. They're choosing not to network, they're choosing not to do X, Y, and Z. We've seen what happens when a collective group of individuals network with each other, they destroy the entire fucking stock market in a weekend. Mm hmm. We need to see more of that in our society. We need to see more people networking on that level. Mm, right. That makes sense. Hmm. Because us, as a collective, have a lot more power than we choose to use. Yeah. Did you know, did you know that a young person, from what I recall, under the age of 30, is 
11 times less likely to vote than a person who is 65 or older. Well, those 65 and older were taught values of voting, taught values of cooperation. They went through the Great Depression. They went through World War I, World War II. They banded together. Hmm. They had the experience of banding together. Then when a new disaster comes through, nobody wanted to band together. Everyone wanted to be... Everyone wanted to, you know, storm the White House and kill everyone, and no one wanted to show unity when right. we needed it most. Absolutely. Absolutely. We need that unity now more than ever, but unfortunately, the media is a scourge on society and should be dismantled. Dismantled how? Well, do we really need 24-hour coverage of every single fucking thing? Well, <clears throat> does it need to be moderated? Do there need to be more NPRs? Is Disney too big? Mm. Yeah. The uh, I, I like I like where you're going with this. So it's not the type of media necessarily that's the issue, but the the size of the organization. The size of the organization yeah. and their willingness to push their rhetoric mm-hmm. with let's say it together, biased in mind. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, you can't restrict freedom of speech. No, we're not restricting freedom of speech. Okay. We're making it more like NPR. Ah, okay. Dismantle it it and then turn it into a... uh, Dismantle it and then make it more like NPR. Where they have to have solid journalism or they don't survive. Right. They have to give a unbiased or they do not survive. Mm Mm-hmm. Let people make decisions for their fucking selves. I understand the world is... The world is... Revolving around sheep. Yeah. Sheep, wake up. You have the power to do something. Make a choice to do something. And welcome back from that commercial break. Hopefully you uh, enjoyed yourself when you're not having to listen to our annoying voices. Oh, yes, our very annoying voices. So, back to the Elon Musk debate of him buying Twitter, him trying to be a politician. Thank God he can't be the president of the United States, even though I'm pretty sure he's going to fucking try. I mean, good luck. He has a birth certificate from South Africa. He can't. (sighs) Fair enough. He can't talk... With that kind of money, you could probably doctor your birth certificate, but everyone knows. Everyone would know. (laughs) Jesus. No. They can't do that. But he he has a he has a talent for like hyping things up. He has a talent for salesmanship. Yes. Of a certain kind. Uh and on one hand, that's one thing the society needs. Our salesmen. True. Who can true. deliver on a promise. Yeah, well, and he has had trouble with uh Fulfilling some orders and stuff like that, uh, like the Cybertruck's been like indefinitely postponed or something. I don't remember, but I, why the fuck is okay? It's a truck. Release it. <laughs> yeah. And my guess is it's tied up. It's not indefinitely postponed because it's a bad idea. Mm-hmm. It's indefinitely postponed because it's tied up in red tape. Probably. But some politician somewhere is like, we can't have a truck that floats on water. How dare these people? Me, 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 me. I'm a politician. I have a hammer, and I'm going to do something about it. Right. Hmm. 
that's mostly what happens with red tape is asinine bullshit. That's why we should. That's why we should make it easier for foreign import per, foreign imports of vehicles. Oftentimes, they're generally safer than American vehicles. Interesting. Depending on the model, depending on what it is. Right. Some some foreign vehicles are actually held to a higher safety standard. True. True. The the emission standards in particular are much more strict in uh, in Europe. Yes. But they they don't meet, match the American standard because it doesn't check this box. It doesn't check this box. It doesn't check this box. It doesn't do that thing. Hmm. All our cars need to do that thing now, not that car. Because we have petty power and we're going to use it. Right. It's... It, I, I, I hope that we can all come to an agreement that it's not the legislation that's an issue. It's not the regulation that is, that's an issue. I hope we can all agree that good legislation and good regulation is what people need to be able to live their lives freely. Effective, res- effective legislation. Mm-hmm. We have the fucking United Nations, and we barely fucking use it for anything productive. Yeah. <laughs> we we have a thing called the United Nations, and we can barely work together on little things. How the hell are we supposed to fix the big things in life? Because everyone has their own standards. Right. At the end of the day, maybe maybe working with each other's standards and understanding each other's standards will make us a far more prosperous nation. I think so. Going, oh, those trucks over there. Well, let's take a closer look at them. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. Right. We managed to build the International Space Station, didn't we? <laughs> we managed to put people on the fucking moon, didn't we? Absolutely. We've managed, as, a, as humanity as a whole, we've managed to do incredible fucking things. Mm-hmm. Why don't we work together? Right. On some level, start with one thing. Start with a few things and mm-hmm. work together. Yes. We don't need ridiculous, over-the-top, vapid, whatever the fucks, because, mm-hmm. oh, my next election's coming up and I need to make sure I get elected. Well, you meant... Why why don't we have a mentoring program for our politicians? Those that are nearing the end of their retirement. And yes, there should be a fucking retirement series. Mm -hmm. A retirement date of some sort. But they mentor the next generation. No one one over the age of 50 can be president. 50? Jesus. (laughs) I would remove everyone but I think JFK and maybe one other. (laughs) Or, you know, no one over the age of... No one, yeah, no one over the age of 50 can run for president. Wow. Interesting. But the minimum age to run for president is 30. Hmm. Interesting. Or 35. We don't need 60-year-olds in the White House. They don't understand it. They don't understand the world that they currently live in. Right. They don't understand the current issues. They don't, they're not current on current events. Right. Well, I mean, when, what is it, two-thirds of the voters are that old, they want someone to represent them. 
And it, unfortunately for the younger generation, a lot... That's why the younger generation is to go out and vote for who they think they want. Yeah, who absolutely. They want. Yeah. They... <clears throat> this is something that I, I wish more people understood, is that... I've been voting ever since the age of fucking 18. Despite the fact <laughs> that the system has a lot of flaws. Yeah. And it does. There's no question about that. But on average, if you look at just, you know, hundreds of different issues, bills, whatever, if you look at all the data, it's very clear that if a block of people votes on their issue, mm -hmm. that that issue tends to get solved. Yes. You know, for example, Poverty among elderly people used to be a huge problem. No, it's no longer an issue. It's not an issue. It doesn't exist anymore. Uh-huh. What current issues do we have right now that the younger generation can solve? Student debt is a big one. It is. Because uh, I, I personally know a lot of people who were just burdened by the student debt. They're, you know, 20s and 30s. And mm -hmm. it's like... That should be the time of your life that you're the most productive, that you're the, saving the most money, all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if half of your money is going towards paying off your college or master's degree, you know, it, it, it seems to me like that is a, an unfair yoke that older people have put on younger people. Yes. So, let's just get rid of college debt. How do we do it? Good question. So, um, my suggestion, and uh, to be fair, I, I do need to work out my, my full policy on this because it's a complex question. It really is. But. Don't worry, we'll take a machete to it. We'll be fine. Jesus. <laughs> In my opinion, uh, there, there's no reason that it should cost $30,000 a year to educate a student when high school students are educated for around $7,500 a year. Mm-hmm. Now, we're already doing Pell Grants of 5000 so Which no... doesn't do shit. Right. So there's, there's no reason that that couldn't be, let's say, 10000 for example. Add on uh, here's, a, here, here's a couple ways to eliminate the student debt. Mm-hmm. One, we put a... We put a, um, what would it be, uh, bond. No, remove student debt bond. Sure. And then all the money we take from that, we turn around and we pay off everyone's debt. I like that. I especially like that it would be a, a, a voluntary thing. Like, you know, I'm a grandmother and I'm helping to pay the debt of the younger generation. Uh-huh. I feel like that would be... And it gives people an investment, and it's something people understand. Right. Something the older generation would understand. Right. Yeah. Of, oh, money? I get money if I invest money? What do I care what they spend the money on? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yes, Mr. Moneybags, of course. Exactly. You have to speak to the older generation in a language they understand. Don't I know it? Oh, my God. Uh, they even told me this during the uh, orientation for the consulting. Yeah. They were like, you're really young for this job. Mm -hmm. most, most of our successful analysts are 50, 
for at least 40, probably uh-huh. more like 50, 50 and above. And I said, ooh, that's, that's going to be really challenging. And it was because about half the time, the person is over the age of 50 that uh-huh. I'm talking to. And then a, a significant percentage are over the age of uh, 40, even more, it would be more like 75% over the age of 40. And every single time, with very little exception, the very first thing that I would have to do would be establish trust with the person because they immediately would say something like, Oh, what's this kid doing here to tell me about how to run my business? (laughs) (laughs) Well, most people don't have the job experiences you and I have had. Right. Most people haven't been working ever since the age of fucking 12. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you've been working a long time, my friend. I have. I've done a lot of weird shit in my life. Yes. To to finish the earlier point, I think that it's important to speak to people on their level. Yes. So, you know, there's a different message for uh, a different me- a, a different message will be heard most effectively by different people. Yeah. Bonds is a great message. Yes. And then we turn around and then we just pay people and then we just, oh, their debt's gone now. We reinvest it back into, here's how you do it. Mm-hmm. Bonds, turn around, imminent domain all the colleges, mm. turn them into uh, federal institutions, mm-hmm. and then you <laughs> use the money from the bonds to pay everybody. So mm-hmm. imminent domain all as many of the institutions as possible. Yeah. Well, and not only that, but you know, doing a standard curriculum, for example, because it's silly to me that every student has to buy a different type of biology textbook or every student has to buy a different type of chemistry textbook. Chemistry is chemistry, guys. Come it's, on. It, we, we figured it out about 100 years ago. Um, <laughs> not all of it, but you know, a, good, a good percentage of chemistry was discovered before the year 1922. Uh-huh. Uh, you, could, you could reliably use a chemistry textbook from 1970, and most of the stuff in there would still be the same, with some very small differences in how they discuss quantum physics. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, but. Again, biology. Okay, you update the textbook year to year, with new information as it comes out, as it's embedded. Yeah, well, and, that's yeah. one thing. But just have a standard. Have, you know, these, these, all of these books are for, you know, you're not preventing people from publishing books, no. but you're saying that these specific ones are free. And if the professor uses those, then the students don't have to pay exactly. for textbooks, which you know, it can be $500 a semester. So $1,000 a year. Yes. $1,000 a year for your schooling. Doesn't seem that bad an idea. Oh, and then they use Pell Grants. Mm-hmm. Make it viable to use Pell Grants. Yes. It should, be, it should be raised. It should be something like 10000 a year. And then... Um, we need, we need a, uh, a way of accrediting colleges that is, uh, or accrediting schools, I should say, not specifically colleges, 
but a, a way of accreditation that includes all different types of learning. Yes. Um, you know, it's the, um, the accreditation process favors those that have been around 200 years. Of course it does. But... Oh, this school's been around 200 years. That school down the street's been there 50 years. That school down the street hasn't proved itself yet. Right. What are you talking about? Right. <laughs> that, okay, take the trucking industry. On okay, can they pass the standard? Can they pass the federal standard for trucking? Mm -hmm. Yes. Are there professors passing the standard? Yes. Okay, it's accredited. Next question. Right. Now you can use your Pell Grants and basically go there for free. Right. And so here, here is a possible solution. Again, I, I'm still figuring this part out, but yes. I'm thinking you have a federal minimum of, let's say, 10000 for example, for, mm -hmm. Pell, for Pell. And then you have your state funds that can go on top of that, and richer states can uh, supply, you know, the, it's more expensive to build a school in California than it is to build a school in Missouri. Well, you see, uh, here's how we make it cheaper to build a school in uh, California. Mm. Uh, we go through, and... Okay, that policy is bad, that policy is dumb, that policy is restrictive, that policy is restrictive. All these policies take a fire and just start eating the policy books into the fire. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> and then a dark start, image. And then just start again. Start from the ground up. Mm. Because right. trying to build a new structure in California is akin to... Oh, you can't build it over there. Why? Because the shade will affect the birds. And we can't affect the birds. You can't build it over there either. The shade will affect the behavior of children. Jesus. It's too much shade. If, if, it, if it is an obvious audience, he, he has a particular, uh, particular hatred for California. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Sean Hannity taught you well. <laughs> I've seen... I've seen and I've talked to people from California, and even they say, I'm glad I'm the fuck out. Right. So, it's not just hatred. I know. It's the fact that, one, their land management is supposed to be done by the Bureau of Land Management anyway. So what the fuck is preventing them from managing their land? Mm -hmm. There's no reason why they need forest fires every fucking month. Hmm. There's no reason why they should have forest fires and then mud, then uh, mudslides, and they and they're dealing with a drought mostly because they're building in a desert. But hey, they're geniuses. We're gonna go build in a desert. Yippee doo Meanwhile, you have the fucking ocean next to you. Should we use the ocean to get clean water? No. Why? It will endanger the snail. Fuck the snail. Uh, uh, Who cares? Great, great post for uh, Reddit. <laughs> Brand new sentence. <laughs> Fuck the snail. Yes. Fuck the endangered snail. Uh, which Jesus? Which is more important, a snail or uh, I don't know, three hundred million people dying of thirst? It's a bit of a false dichotomy, but I, I understand what you're trying to say. Well, they create a false dichotomy just to push their just to push their over the top agendas. Mm. They create these false dichotomies, these falsehoods, mm -hmm. 
simply to have power over the individual, just so they can have power. Right. So if we peel back their false dichotomies and expose them for the expose them for the frauds they are, mm. we'll all be better off. <laughs> because there isn't an endangered snail, they just want to have power. Oh, interesting. Uh, hmm. Okay, that is not where I was expecting you to go with that, but interesting. There isn't this endangered thing. There just isn't. Well, I mean, anytime you have an open society, you're going to have conflicts of values. You know, is, is the life of an endangered species more important than building some type of clean power plant, for example? Because the power plant is hopefully going to you know, clean up the air in the area, for example, which uh-huh. will help everyone. Which will benefit everyone. No. Right. These, these types of debates are... These types of debates are important because... They are. It's, it's people debating what values that they have and generally coming to a compromise. Yes. Now, do you want... Now, do you want your state to turn into a desert? Do you want... The 300 million, the, you know, 100 million people living in your state. Okay, those are overinflated numbers, but the 50 million people living in your state or whatever, do you want them to leave? Do you want to lose all that tax money? Do you want to lose your power? Hmm. It, uh, okay, good job. You've um, saved the snail, you've lost most of your power, and... Now, uh, the people living there are just stuck there. Okay, now you've created a kingdom. Good job. Fuck you. Wow. Uh, Good job. You've created slaves now that can't leave. Fuck you. Hmm. You've saved the snail, though. The the snail's life is so important. Hmm. I don't don't think our um, views on conservation are exactly the same. (laughs) That's okay. Uh... Again, it, uh, it, land management is a complex conversation, right? You know, at the end of the day, protecting animals is important, mm-hmm. but hunting and fishing still exists. Hunting protects the animals from the animals because, as human beings, we are animals contributing to the lo- local ecosystem. It is our we are job. contributing high-speed lead poisoning to the local ecosystem. Well, yes, we must introduce them to lead supplements. <laughs> Sudden lead supplements. Well, that's the thing. Well, that, that's the thing that's fallen out of the debate and just wants hmm. to be completely ignored. Right. Overpopulation of animals creates problems. Right. right. Overpopulation of squirrels creates problems. Right. I mean, there's a reason why there's no hunting license for hunting wild pigs. You can just go out and shoot as many wild pigs as uh-huh. you want because they are invasive. They are they are reducing the amount of crops and other uh, types of yes. farm animals. Yes. The mismanagement is as dangerous as overmanagement. Right. Mismanagement. 
is more dangerous than zealous protection of every single animal that exists on Earth. Hmm. Right. Over, the overzealousness creates mismanagement, creates the hmm. atmosphere for individuals to not want to do a thing because, oh no, we can't do this thing. We, but we can't do this thing because I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of this. The planet's been around a lot longer than us has suffered many mass extinction events. We're currently going through a mass extinction event, partially due to humanity, partially just due to the natural ebb and flow of how the Earth fucking works. Hmm. Now, is it a good idea to try and limit the amount of carbon emissions? Sure, why not? Is it a good idea for our personal health, our personal safety? Because as human beings, we're the most glorious, badass things on Earth. Ding, 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 you know, our own fucking crowns. But, at the end of the day, if human beings left the Earth all at once, there would still be mass extinction events. Right, right. It, it's just uh, the, the biggest... Um... The biggest difference between what's happening now and what happened in the past is that we are smart enough to understand what's happening. Yes! You know, this very funny plot about uh, asteroids chasing the dinosaurs in Rick and Morty, but in real life, asteroids don't have a cognition to you know, yeah. fight dinosaurs or whatever it was. Exactly. But we're smart enough to realize that we are part of the system. We mm -hmm. are a cog in the machine of Earth's ecosystem. So let's make it as habitable for ourselves as possible. Exactly. Let's come together and work together to make things comfortable. Make things palatable for everyone. Mm -hmm. Be neutral with each other. You don't need to love each other. Be neutral with each other at the best of times. <laughs> I'm done loving my neighbor. I just want to be back to neutral. Exactly. I'm Bernie Sanders. <laughs> exactly. Just be neutral with each other. You don't need to love everyone on Earth. That's funny. Let's... Well... Be more like dogs. Dogs on... Most... Dogs, most of the time, are neutral with each other. They're not exactly mm -hmm. the best friends with each other. Mm -hmm. Dog language... It's a fantastic language to understand. Everyone should learn how a dog thinks. Yes. Because a dog likes their small group, likes their pack, mm -hmm. and that's about it, really. <laughs> They're not really too concerned outside of what happens outside their pack. Mm -hmm. They don't generally care. Right. Human beings are pack animals as well. Mm -hmm. Remember, remember uh, audience... Go back to when you were in high school. Remember the cliques that you guys had and how you thought you were the coolest? And then you'd go look at everyone else. Oh, that's the cool kids table. That's the jocks table. Well, those are their packs. Mm. And mm. those people from those packs generally don't care what's going on outside. Right. Outside their little ecosystem. Outside their little ecosystem. That's the natural progression of humanity. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to expand your little ecosystem, find like-minded individuals who share similar values with you. And then from there, you can create wonderful things, like a multi-million dollar business if you want. Right. 